Welcome back everyone to Diversitech Fest 2022. We are here with our final session of day one, first gen power moves, cultivating connections. Super excited. I love everyone here on this panel, been following all of your success stories. And so we're really going to get into just what it takes to make power moves as a first gen and really honing in on those connections. So I will be turning it over to Odalise. And I'll see you later. Bye, Shannon. <laughs> hey, everyone. I'm so excited to be here with the panelists on here and everyone who's tuning in, 140 people in the session. I'd love to hear in the comments, what, what are you? Are you first gen? Do you identify as first gen? And what flag do you hold up proudly, as I always like to say? And I always want to turn the question to the panelists here. Lydia, let's start with you. Um, what, what flag do you hold up proudly? Yeah, um, my father is from uh, Dominican Republic and my mom is from Guatemala. Hey, Centroamericana, I hold up my Honduran yes. flag proudly. <laughs> Ayo, what about you? Uh, both my parents are Nigerian, so I'm repping Nigeria. So if there's any Nigerians in the audience, drop your flag in the comments. <laughs> hey, Ahmed. Um, yeah, so me, both of my parents are Liberians. Um, so Librarian and Oganian, but yeah, so you know, and that's where I came from. I love it. I love to see it, and I love all the chats. One of my favorite questions to open up conversations are around identity because y'all know identity is complex, and I think first gen we have that really interesting intersection between our culture and then what it means to be American, quote unquote. We can we kind of like are stretched between two different places. So I want to open up this panel the same way I open up a lot of my podcast episodes, and that's how do you identify and why? And y'all talked about how you hold up your, your flag proudly, but how do you identify and why, and how has that shifted throughout your experiences here? Loaded question. I'm going to pass it. I'm going to pass it to you. <laughs> Oof. That's, a, um, that's, a, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a, a lot of way we starting it off. Um, I mean, I think, for me, I identify always um, ethnicity first because it's just kind of the way that my parents kind of engraved in me. So uh, for those who don't know, I, I am Nigerian, but it's very, you know, there's layers to being Nigerian, right? There's different tribes that we came from. There's, you know, different states um, within Nigeria as well, too. So being Yoruba, uh, which is one of the tribes of Nigeria, being from Ondo State, um, that's kind of, you know, the way I kind of make up my identity as well, too. And then um, obviously, as a black man, um, I, I take pride in that as well, too. So I think um, for me, I take pride in, you know, my ethnicity, knowing the rooted um, tribe that I have and, you know, me being a black man. I think those are the two ways that I identify. Mm, love that. Lydia, what about you? Yeah, same thing. It's been rooted in me to be represent my culture, represent where my parents are. So I identify as an Afro-Latina, first generation, oldest daughter, first language is Spanish. I learned English here um, in the school system. So very proud of that. Um, something that I'm always repping and very proudly can say. So, yeah. And then Ahmed, as always, passing it to you. Yeah, actually, I got family member that's from um, there are uh, the tribe Yoruba, you know, cousins. Yeah, um, but me, yes, like 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 uh, like both of y'all, um, it's still rooted in me. So I think the how I was raised up and the culture I came from is what um, 
was my foundation on um, the direction that I was actually going. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yo, shout out to our parents for, for rooting that in us because very much the same. I was rooted in Honduran culture, which meant I ate all the Honduran food. I spoke Spanish first. I was yeah. a PSL student. Hey, hey. Um, a, lot of, a lot of those first-gen things, right? Um, one of the things that I always laugh about is when I was younger, I was the one translating papers for my parents, right? They would ask for something and be like, okay, well, five-year-old me like knew how to read these like legal documents right, um right. And the thing about being and y'all are like yes i agree the thing about being first gen is that you know you're legit the first right I, I like to think about it as trailblazer vibes and it's also like you don't know what you don't know and you're figuring it all out for the first time and you have and it's more than just about you right it's about your family it's about who you're representing i want to ask a question what has been your biggest challenge each, each of you have encountered while working in the tech industry? Lydia, I want to pass it over to you first. Yeah, I'm like coming up on my first year now, um, up in now in August. That's pretty scary for me. Um, but just reflecting back, I think one of the biggest things that I've I've been Charlie, I've been dealing with and I still deal with um, is imposter syndrome. I think that's the biggest thing is that I really doubt myself in this process. I doubt my skills and my abilities. Um, every day, every time that I interact with some new technology or I'm introduced to something new, but I'm very thankful that even though I'm currently undergoing that challenge, I have a great support system at work and colleagues that are current, always encouraging me and pushing me through and supporting me. Um, but in positive syndrome, like I always say, it's real, it happens. Um, our folks are going to face it. It's just more about how you overcome it and how you deal with it when it does come up. And Lydia, to stay on you for a second, how do you deal with it? How do you overcome it? I just reached out to my, I have a great supportive group of coding friends. We have a group chat. Um, I reach out to folks in my team. I ask them questions and I, they just reassure me. And I also, I very much indulge myself into manifestation affirmations. I go back to my manifestation notebook or notes and I remind myself of all that I am capable of and all that I have, I have overcame to be where I'm at. And just those reminders are just reassuring and kind of like put me at ease. Mm. Yes. To the manifestations, affirmations, all of that girl. I am um, going to pass it over to you. What has been your biggest challenge while working in, in the industry? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of challenges, right? Um, so I won't harp on each and every one of them. But I think for me, um, being somebody who's very goal-oriented and ambitious, so I didn't even introduce my like what I do, but I work at Google. I'm a senior technical PM, um, and I've kind of bounced around the tech industry uh, before then. But I think for me, as somebody who's Nigerian, we've always had this, like, never carry less. It's like a saying of Nigerians, like, never carry less. Like, you're always supposed to reach for as high as you can, you know, climb, right? Um, and I think being in tech and not seeing many people who look like you at a, you know, at, in general, but at a, you know, at a top level, um, that's very, very difficult, right? So, because, you know, seeing is like manifestation, like, oh, I've seen this person, he looks like me, um, I can do it now as well, too. So, I think for me, I think the biggest thing is just kind of that navigation of how do I, yes, I've made it, um, it's been some time since I've made it now, but like, let's take it to the next level, let's level up, let's pay it, let's level up so we can pay it forward to the next generation as well, too. Um, and I think that's kind of the, the, the biggest and newest challenge that I'm on right now. Um, and I think the way that I'm dealing with it is just, you know, essentially connecting with people outside of 
my current company or even just startup leaders or community leaders and just picking their brain as well too. Um, you know, you, you, you don't eat unless you ask, right? Like you have to, you, so you have to, you have to reach out to get fed essentially as well too. And I think myself, and I know a lot of people tend to do this as well too. They don't, they just kind of sit and lay dormant and just expect things to kind of come to them or they're supposed to have this aha moment. Um, but you really have to be proactive and kind of humble yourself and say, I don't know. Let me ask somebody who's in a position that I need to get into to get into this. And then you'll see the wheels start turning as well, too. So the more people you ask, the, more, the stronger your network becomes. And then ultimately, you know, that fire gets lit on your butt. And you're like, oh, they're doing this. They're doing that. They figure this out. You're getting a little bit of game. And then you start to level up with them as well, too. So, yeah. I, I love that you mentioned reaching out and asking for help and being okay not knowing what you don't know. I think that's actually a lesson that I learned later in my career was asking for help. I was like, oh, I don't need nobody's help. I, I got it. I, I'll do fine by myself. Has that been a journey for you, Ayo, to like reach out, ask for help? Like, is that something you had to overcome or something that came naturally to you? Yeah, no, that's, that's a journey, right? Like, you know, as <laughs> a man, Nigerian, you have so much pride. And I think all of us can relate because we're all... We're, Many of us are first gen, right? So we've all kind of, you know, got this mentality of figure it out, you know. And many Africans, I won't even say Nigerians, but many Africans have talked about the stories of when they've grown up and they had to do these long journeys to school every day and stuff like that. Like, I didn't have any shoes. I'm like, I, I know you had shoes when I was walking to school. But, you know, they ultimately were just kind of trying to, like, just let us know, like, you can do this. You are strong enough to do anything. Um, and I think that's a good thing. But at times in our heads, it can be like, okay, I'm supposed to do everything by myself. And at the end of the day, nobody goes anywhere far by themselves. You know what I'm saying? And that's an African proverb right there as well, too. So I think the biggest thing is just kind of knowing what you need to do, what you need to do by yourself. But then at scale and going further, you need to figure out how to ask for help and getting some support and things of that nature as well, too. Yeah. And that's a big lesson for everyone listening in is just asking for help. I know it's hard. I know we come from communities. Same thing. My mom was a single mom of all these kids and fed seven of us and never really complained, working all these jobs. And I felt like I had to be the strong woman like that, too. The one who held it down for everyone, didn't ask for help, didn't need rest. And that's something I had to unlearn. Right. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Ahmed, I didn't forget about you. Share with us what has been your biggest challenge while working in the industry. Biggest challenge. Um, while working in the industry, so majority of my biggest challenge I face and I actually have overcome. You know, the only thing that um, is, because now I'm actually working on fixing it, is mostly funding because me, I'm the, you know, one, I'm one the previous biggest challenge was I, and I needed you know, people who who are part of the team, so I could be able to split some of these jobs because I can't handle all those workload by myself, which I have done. But um, now it's just like I have um, different, let's say, organizations out there, and for me to be able to actually reach it to a larger audience, I need the funding so we could be able to do these SEO, you know, these SEO. Um, Method so we could be able to reach it to a you know like Amazon how Amazon is and other big businesses is out there. So that's really the only thing that I'm actually currently facing. But I'm also working towards um well I'm working towards the solution right now. You know prior to that I mean everything else I have definitely overcome though. Mm. 
your goals, Ahmed. And I want to stay on you for a second because you talked about building these relationships. And that's actually one thing I really admire about just being first gen is building the network, right? Because we're not born with a network. We don't, I always say my network growing up was my church and my family. And that was about it. And I, I, right. And I'd love to stay on you and ask the question of how, how did you start building your network when you first started your career to now? And as you transition into your career, right, how did you start building that network? Well, normally how I built mine was just keeping my promises, really. You know, so it's like, um, that's, I think that's mostly the basic, keeping your words and your promises that you make with other people. You know, so if somebody tell me, hey, can you do this? Hey, okay, yeah, you know, I'll pull my word. I will be able to do it. I'll deliver on this day. And once I could deliver, you know, we have a better relationship. So therefore, they could depend on me on providing or whatever delivering, whatever they, they need. And then therefore, you know, we build stronger bonds so we could actually continue moving um, in the future. And other thing is just being respectful. You know, like, you know, you're a human. I'm human. Be as respectful to you as possible. And you be as respectful to me as possible. So it's like, we got feelings, ain't, you know, we, there's no need to actually break bonds. That's how I see it as. That's, that's such a huge lesson is that we're just human, right? Yeah. We're humans talking to humans. There's no titles. There's no labels. We're just humans yeah. talking. Yeah. I want to ask you the same question. How did you start to build your network, build relationships? And what are some tips that you can share with everyone in the audience? Who, me? That's a really good one. I remember it was the year was like 2017. I, I was just recently out of college and I was like, I feel kind of stuck. I was at a, a like a, a role that I was like, eh, I can really, really be doing more. I can be learning more. And I was just like, what am I not doing? I, I was fresh out of school. I was just pretty much going to work, coming home, same thing, right? And there's nothing wrong with that as well, too, but I wanted more. And I was like, what am I not doing? I wasn't meeting people outside of the office. I wasn't proactively networking as well, too. So I had to just be intentional and say, like, hey, I'm going to start going to networking events. I'm going to start connecting with people on LinkedIn. I'm going to start, you know, and I, if you, for people who know me, I'm very much an introvert. Um, so I had to like be so intentional on like using social media and things of that nature to start to build your relationships as well too. So I say that all to say is like, especially for introverts in here, um, like be intentional about networking. It's, it's, if it doesn't come as second nature to you, that's fine. I'm not that guy either, but I would set goals. Okay, I'm gonna connect with this many people or I'm gonna go to this many industry events. So I'm gonna, so on and so forth. The same way you set a goal to, you know, do, you know, fitness or anything like that is the same way you need to be intentional about building your network as well, too, especially if you're an introvert as well. If it's natural, that you know, you're, it'll probably come naturally to you. But for, you know, introverts specifically, I would say you have to really, really be intentional about building your network. I would have never imagined you're an introvert, let me tell you. <laughs> Lydia, what about you? You're, you said you're in your first year in tech. Yeah, just picking back off of what Ayo said, you know, like being intentional and finding community and spaces that you can relate to, right? Um, I think that's important, finding a community where you can relate with, like being here in Tribaja, right? Being part of this festival, connecting and reaching out to folks is important, right? I always say for every rejection, there's a redirection. I mean, what's the worst someone can say is no, right? But then again, you have these communities like Trey Baja that Shannon created where you generally have people that actually care and want to help you, right? Because they're like, wait, hold up. You want in on tech? I'm in on tech. 
like come through. <laughs> We're helping each other, right? It's like that kind of bond. It's like, I'm here. Why not help you? We're not gatekeeping, right? If I know a resource or I can connect you with a recruiter or someone, why hold that, right? It's like, there's no need for that. If someone else can benefit from that, then I'll share that information, right? Um, so it's all about just like putting yourself out there, reaching out to these communities, finding these communities, right? Finding these spaces, even like in within your community, within your city, right? Going to meetups, either it be virtually or in person, right? putting yourself out there. And it's like, be intentional about being in the space that you want to be. So if you do want to pursue tech, then be in that space with those folks that are already in that field or pursuing it, right? Like be about it, indulge yourself in this space because that's what you're look, looking forward to. That's what you're looking to become. So, yeah. Mm, I love that, Lydia. And I'm also my first year in tech. I'm at, I'm at LinkedIn and I'll tell y'all the first literally every single job I've ever gotten has been through someone I knew. And so that's just the power of connections and relationships. And again, I love what Ahmed said is just that they're humans, right? Like erase the title and labels. The person you're talking to is just a human being. And I'll be real with you. Not every job that I got a referral to, I got the interview for, but those, those connections came through in different opportunities in different ways. So I am a big proponent in just building relationships. Networking to me just sounds like it sounds off because that's not who I am, but building solid relationships, again, building that human connection, it's everything. So I want to guess y'all up real quick because each of y'all are doing amazing things in your own respect. I want to talk about what we're talking about right now is first-gen power moves. Can y'all share one moment in your career that you were just like, man, that was a power move right there. Whether it be, for example, my power move is I sent my parents to Hawaii with my first tech paycheck, hey, which was like the coolest thing I ever, do, ever did with my money. So I, I, I'm, that's my first gen power move. But I want to pass it over to you, Ahmed. I want to start with you. What's your first gen power move? Oh, you're on mute. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. <laughs> Um, so my first gen power move was really when I actually, um, to be honest, my, my first was actually when I met a lady, you know, because prior to that, yeah, I was, you know, just really relaxed and I was just like relaxed because I was like, I have this lazy mentality about if I meet, if I see a lady, like somebody who I'm actually, it's like somebody who could push me. So thus, and I was I started building like a whole bunch of stuff. So I actually started like teaching kids about computer. I gained money out of that. I I put somebody else in place, and I was just became paid like that. And then my main goal was actually try to build a service. So I wanted something sort of like um, um, GoDaddy, you know, where everybody could be hosting. I could be making um, automatic money every single month. So now, you know, from I think two years ago to now, that's actually have been done. And there's like about maybe about, if I'm correct, 60 people that's actually hosting with us. So therefore, we're just making money like that. It's not a lot, but, you know, automatic money is better than, you know, me out there looking, you know, me, me out there hustling harder. I guess I guess I would consider that would be my first power move, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's totally a power move. Yeah. Ayo, what about you? Um, Man, I don't, it's tough, man, because I'm, I'm real, like, the, the simplest things make me the most happy. Um, but if we're talking about power moves, I think I wish I could give one, but I'm going to give two. I'm sorry. But I think one was, so my team, when I was working with Oculus in this before Meta was Meta, uh, it was 2018 and my team actually received the first ever 
Emmy for VR, so outstanding innovation um, in VR as well too. So that was pretty awesome. It was like, dang, we really, cause we didn't know what we were like doing at the time, right? We, you're building something that's really hasn't been built before. Um, so just to kind of get that recognition as a team, it was like, okay, like we onto something as well too. And now since then I've left and kind of seen how, you know, Facebook has kind of rebranded as meta um, with us being kind of the pinnacle of that push. I think that's kind of uh, a power move. And then most recently, uh, I went to Temple University, graduated in 2015, and you know I was received the 30 under 30 award, so that was pretty cool. So everybody who's in Philly, um, yeah, that 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 that's like a humbling experience because my mom and my dad were actually able to see. So all the, you know, the strict <laughs> African uh, times they used to give me as a kid, I'm like, I guess it, you, you can show them that it all came full circle as well. So I think those those two would be cool. That's so that's so amazing, Lydia. I see you smiling over there. <laughs> yeah, no, because I think I have the same as Ayo mentioned, something similar that occurred to me. Um, being a career transitioner, I have my own personal brand that I built around my career transition into tech. And I think most recently, um, a journalist from Univision, which is a very famous, uh, well-known, like Latin staple household, uh, channel reached out to me for like a very short like late night session um, to just speak on two two topics on tech. Um, it was literally like I was on screen for like five minutes and it was like not on prime TV. So it wasn't that big of a deal, but it was such a big deal for my parents, right? Like my grandmother um, was so happy and I was so happy because I was able to do it in in Spanish so she was able to understand and so were my parents um so to be able to just have those to see them see like my name my last name and hear me speak in you know my first language um it was very very emotional like they were so proud of me um my grandmother was so proud of me and my family um and I think that was just so empowering for me to be able to have been reached out and to be able to show them and prove them, like, like, look what I'm working, look at what I'm creating, look at where I'm at, you know? Um, so same thing. They, they were so happy for me and everything that they did um, for me, they were able to see like, wow, like look at my daughter, like sort of like on virtual TV. And this, I love this question because what I'm hearing is a common theme of we're doing it for other people, right? It's our parents, it's the people who are our rocks, our foundations, who sacrificed a lot to get us to where we are, right? And a lot of what we do, that's that's the part about being first gen is that you're doing it for something bigger than just you. And I want to ask this question. This is a surprise question. This wasn't prepped, but I was thinking about it as y'all were talking. How do y'all balance this, you know, the hustler mentality, doing it for the bigger picture, doing it for your parents, your squad, your community? How do you balance that with taking care of yourself and, and prioritizing yourself all, all the meanwhile, right? Doing these awards, getting these awards, going on talk shows. Univision's a big deal, girl. So congratulations. So how do you balance just like being a little selfish and as you should, right? And also holding it down for the people you love. Lydia, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm not good at this. I'm not good <laughs> at rest. I'm unlearning that, and I'm trying to unlearn that, like, through therapy because the hustle and grind culture is real, you know. 
Um, it's been engraved in me since I was a child. I mean, I started working when I was uh, 13, I think, summer youth program here in New York City. So I started working at a very young age on the summers. And even when that was done, like my mom got me a babysitting job on the weekends while I was in high school too, you know? So for me, even as an adult, it's really hard. So I'm not going to lie. I'm not the best at that, you know? But I do like fit in time to be socially around other folks that make me happy. So I do like carve out time to be with my family and do things that I love on the side. But I just, I, I enjoy this. So to me, it's like a win-win situation. It's like I'm giving, but I'm also, I'm also receiving on, on the spectrum. So love that answer. And I girl, I'm learning that too. It's a thing. I, I always joke. I'm like, somehow I create more work for myself. <laughs> um, Ahmed, what about you? How do you create time for yourself while you're hustling and in this hustle and culture, hustle and grind culture? Um, well, I think I have, I have mastered that, you know, you hire other people to do it. That's really it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's really it. So, um, at first, like I was the main one handling all the assignment and all the tasks from um, clients who, you know, bring these tasks to me. And it was really actually overwhelming, overwhelming. So I was like, my brain was frustrated. It's like, uh, you know, this is like, I, I, I had reached a point several times where, felt like my battery was drained, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. I couldn't, even though I'm looking at work and I have work to do, I can't do it. It's just like, you know, I see it, but it's just, you know, I'm at a point where it's just drained. So I have to, so that's why I decided that I need to figure out a way how I could actually split this workload, you know, you know, pay, be, be able to pay people on a weekly, monthly, whatever it is, you know, but just, just find a way to split this workload and be able to assign it to other people. So I need to create departments, you know? So once I create a department, then assign these workload to these individual people. And then once I finally mastered that, because now my whole thing was making sure I'm able to pay them every week, you know? If I can't <laughs> pay them, they can't do no work, you know what I mean? So, but once I finally mastered that, then anytime work comes to me, uh, we have our options guide, where it's like a guide on exactly the instruction, what we do. And we have our assets and we have, you know, client's assets or client projects, as we call it. And then we just assign it to our um, secretary and our secretary knows exactly what to do with it. So it does, I don't really actually be involved. And many of my days be free, but because it's free, I have to be talking directly to the clients, though. So I have to contact mm-hmm. the client, interact with the client, but I don't actually have to do the actual task at hand. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, anytime, if I want to do anything, I could do anything, though. Yeah, I'm like completely free most of the days. Yeah. That's delegating, asking for help, right? Yeah. <laughs> Lesson yeah, for no. everybody. Yeah, make your life easy. <laughs> yeah. Ayo, what about you? How do you prioritize yourself in this hustle and grind? Yeah, um, I think they both kind of hit it head on the head on there. Like I was working at 13 as well, too. I think <clears throat> the biggest thing is, and I'm I'm shaking the table that I'm sitting there because I'm definitely far from I'm not there yet. But I think the biggest thing is just always having something forward to that is non-work related as well too. Like this should always be like, dang, I can't wait till I go on vacation. I can't wait until I get to, you know, have a relaxing, chill weekend or something like that. I got, I don't know who told me that, but somebody was just like, just never be in a point where it's just, you're just in a black hole, just continuously working because you will bring yourself out that way. Um, I think one of the things that brings us up for air is we all probably all have like hobbies in here, right? So I love to run, I love to travel. 
Um, I love to watch Marvel movies. So if y'all saw Doctor Strange, that was that was this past weekend. <laughs> I was like, I ain't doing nothing this weekend. I'm just gonna be watching Doctor Strange and YouTube videos about all the Easter eggs, right? So I think just ultimately having something to look forward to, um, giving yourself like, hey, this time is like my time that I'm gonna do passion related things that don't equate to anything that's monetary or just anything that's work related or anything like that as well too. So just really just making sure you're balancing yourself having that separation and always having some like downtime to look forward to is I think those are the big things for me. I love that. And we'll, we'll talk about Marvel at some point because there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> um, and I wanted uh, to just like add in a little, a little, you know, more story in there about just rest. I think that's still something I'm unlearning therapy. Lydia, you mentioned it. Therapy has helped a lot. And I think I also started implementing if y'all are interested in this, y'all, um, implementing me dates has been transformative to me like similar to where you're talking about i'll just like going to the movies watching marvel binging a show you want or just taking yourself out to brunch on a shopping date like i started to just have me dates where i can do whatever i want with my time but it's my time it's not work time it's not entrepreneurship time it's literally my time so i think that's what i started to implement some weeks like i'm not gonna lie the me dates don't happen, but at the end of the day, that's my choice, right? So I love this question around how do you prioritize yourself? Because I think we are in a in a culture, first gen, it's all about the hustle mentality, building generational wealth and getting these awards, making your parents proud, making their sacrifice worth it, that I think sometimes we forget a little bit about ourselves. So remember to prioritize yourself. And I want to ask y'all a question, speaking of parents, do y'all parents know what you really do? Do they actually know? Because I think, Lydia, you talked about your parents being proud of you being in this, like, show. I remember I, I was on this, um, I think it's called Shout Out LA. It's a small, like, article that featured me. And my parents were like, she's on the front cover of a magazine and started, like, <laughs> telling all their friends. Um, and I think it's super cute because they're just so proud. But I wanted to ask y'all, do your parents really know what you do? How do you explain to them, like, what it is you do? You know, the getting it. I almost start with you because you just started laughing. <laughs> nah, my pops, my pop is like so laid back. I, you know, he's just, he's just a laid back dude. He's just like, he's like your dad was like, are you okay? Is your health good? Are you well off? Are you stable? Like you need the bare necessities. If you don't, I've done my job, right? And I'm not mad at him for that as well too. So my pops definitely doesn't know what I do. If I tried to explain it to him, I think I give him a headache. Um, my mom, she's she, she's more she's more active on LinkedIn than me, so she knows more than <laughs> more than I would say a lot of mothers know about tech and stuff like that as well too. Does she know what I do? No, but I think she knows the general lay of like what I'm into as well too. So I think my mom is hip. My pop's not so much. God, you know, <laughs> I need to connect with your mom. She's on yeah. LinkedIn. Yeah, Ahmed, <laughs> um, what about you? Do your parents know what you do? Uh, I don't know if they know or if they don't know, you know, like my mom, my dad really like, you know, like your dad, he, he's just chill. You know, that's really what it is. You know, you know, he said, I know you're going to be rich one day. I said, well, I mean, I'm struggling right now. I don't think I'll be rich, but let's see. You know, but um, my mom, she, you know, she normally, she do know she's, she's in the, the, the right ballpark because at that time we was doing computer. Oh, yeah, myself. Oh, yeah, you do have this thing with computer. He helped me with my phone. You know, he bought something from eBay. I didn't even know what eBay was. And he showed me how to use it because, you know, she, like every single time, um, 
every time like she wanted to get something online, she off to call me and I had to be on the phone with her for like eight hours. You know, oh mom, now you gotta click this button. No mom, you see the buttons right down there. But until eventually you see, you know, she finally got it. Now she don't call me no more for eBay or Amazon. But I mean, they, they know the bare minimum, you know, and I think that's really all they know, you know. But when the money come, hey, see my son, he bring, hey, man, I love you, want you, hey, he praising me today. I said, okay, thank you. I take the praise, you know, I take every praise, and I'm trying, and I'll take those praise. I really appreciate it. So normally, yeah, they know a little bit. They don't know too much, but you know, they only care about. I think once the monetary reform come in place and making sure I'm cool, then that's really all they're really concerned about. Ah, man, you reminded me of a story of my brother. He just got a position. He moved to Hawaii with his family and he got a position um, working as an analyst or something. And my parents now tell their friends he's a director of Honolulu. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's the whole yeah. director of Honolulu. And their friends yeah. are like, what? How? <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> I love it. Lydia, what about you? Yeah, no, these, uh, these stories are, are amazing. Uh, our parents. Um, I think I want to share the same sentiment. So the translation of like a software engineer developer in another language gets misconstrued. So the definition of it isn't really what it translates to. So you have to sit there and like really break it down for them. So it took me some time to really explain to my like parents what I do. Like my dad, he's super active on social media. So whenever I get featured or like reached out to, he's always sharing to his friends. And one day he's like, wait, what do you do again? He's like, you're in IT. I'm like, not really. Um, my mom on the other side, she's like, okay, I know what you do. I know your salary and that's pretty much it. That's all. She's like, doesn't really ask questions. I feel like my siblings though, like my sister the other day is like, I know you tell me you're a developer software engineer, but what do you really, really do? Like, what's that? <laughs> so I'm like, you want to come home and just like shadow me for a day well, as I work? Because uh, I, I could explain it to you, but unless, like, you see me working, like, you'll understand that. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it, I think it's funny. It's funny, but, um, you know, like, I try my best to explain in, like, layman's terms. I don't go really technical. I'm like, you know, like, these websites and apps, like, you know, the behind the scenes, someone has to write the code and things like that. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I love that. And I want to kind of stay on this topic of parents a little bit and just our families because I think there's I don't know if y'all heard of this first gen um roadmap dilemma or career roadmap dilemma I don't know if y'all heard of it but it's this idea of our parents didn't have an opportunity to choose between fulfillment and security most of them chose security to survive right to put food on the table to make it and so a lot of them encouraged us to make money to be secure to have stability and I think a lot of first gen, the dilemma is choosing between careers that both satisfy the fulfillment piece and the security piece. So I want to ask y'all a question of this idea of passion versus profit, or maybe, you know, the combined two, right? Sometimes your, your passion does turn into profit. Ahmed, I'd love to hear if that's the case for you in building your business, but I want to hear from each of y'all, how did you kind of navigate your career with this idea of, I want to make money, but also I want to have a fulfilled career, or is that something that you're still kind of navigating? I all want to start with you. Yeah, that, that's a really good question. Um, but I think for me, 
I'm over here like trying to think like how. I, but so I got my start in tech early, right? So I, like I said, like I was working at 13, but at 14, I actually got into tech. My uncle owned an IT maintenance shop, and my mom was like, "You're gonna work there during the summer." So I had that early exposure. So it was kind of like. I, I mean, I think I knew that, you know, tech was like a profitable, like you would make good money doing it. But I think around that same time, like, you know, iPhones and all that stuff started becoming very, very popular. So it started becoming cool as well, too, like for me to want to explore. So I think um, with that being said, like for me, it just kind of became like, oh, wow, like this is great timing. Right. Tech is becoming cool. Like I'm actually passionate about it. I got, you know, I got the early insight into it as well, too. Um, so I think for me, it was kind of a combination of two. I think now as I'm getting like more senior into the tech career, it's like more along lines of like, how do I pay it forward? Right. So I think tech is very ambiguous. There's so much you can do in tech, NFTs, Web3, so much. Right. So you can't be passionate about just tech in general. Like, what do you want to do in tech is what you kind of want to focus your passion on as well, too. So for me, it's kind of just paying it forward and helping other people who are underrepresented break into tech. That's the lane that I'm finding more passion in. So um, I guess the profit, yes, it's there, but really the passion is now I'm in tech, but how can I get more and more people that look like me in tech as well too? So yeah. And Ayo, it sounds like your passion is almost developing within the tech space. And I think that's a really cool, that's a really cool uh, picture to paint as well for the audience is that sometimes you don't know what your passion is right away, right? Like it's crazy. We're even asked at 18, what do you want to do for the rest of your life or at 17? And to like have your passion almost unfold in a natural way. I think that's also a very beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's a testament to like being exposed to multiple things early as well too. Like it's yeah. good to say, hey, I don't like something. It's actually good to say, I tried this, I don't like it, rather than just guess and you have to like be stuck with something as well too. So for those who are like making their pivots in the tech as well too, the tech is so ambiguous. Like try to get a feel for things as early as you can and then make a decision rather than just saying software engineers make the most money. I have to be a software engineer. It, you know, eight times, nine times out of 10, you're going to get burnt out. You're not going to have the passion behind to go the, the full, you know, full distance with it as well too. So that's just my tidbit there. Mm. And you you mentioned something that I tell a lot of students that I work with is that, you know, your career is almost like a process of elimination. Like you try something, you realize, mm, like I don't really like that. And then you move and pivot into another space, right? And then you keep going that way. And sometimes you find something you really vibe with and you really love and you're really passionate about. Mm-hmm. Lydia, I want to ask you because it sounds like you're pivoting careers. So I want to I want to kind of like ask you what made you want to pivot to those different careers? Was it because you were kind of finding something that was a little more fulfilling or also profitable? <laughs> yeah, um, I guess for me, what the way it happened, again, it was a rejection. I'm a very firm believer in rejection as a redirection. I was pursuing a master's program. They had rejected me for a second time. And at that point, I was just really frustrated. And I was like, well, where do I go from here? I want a job that's profitable, right? Like, I don't want to go back into student debt. I also want to be able to be in a space that is always something new. I'm learning, it's um, trending and so forth. And software engineering and coding came up to me after watching like a CNBC Millennial Money episode um, featuring Bucola, the dev known as the come up. And once I saw that and I saw a woman, a woman of color, like, a black woman just like self teaching herself and like boss making 200k i was like 
I feel you. Wow. Like I see myself and I just venture right into it. And I was like, coding it is for me, coding it is. And then once I got a deep dive and I saw the salary, the growth, um, the potential of just not only being a software engineer, but even growing into different roles, like going into uh, recruiting, going into PM, um, going into analysts or all these different avenues. I was like, that's the space I want to be in because I want to continuously grow and I continuously want to learn. Um, it's not something that I'm like passionate about. I, I believe that you should separate your passions with your employment, with your profit. I am passionate about advocating in the tech space for more diversity and inclusion and helping folks who want to make that transition, share those resources, share my story and assist them with that. That is really what empowers me, right? Mm -hmm. To be able to bring in folks that understand me and who look like me that I can just bring in. It's like, why not? There's no gatekeeping out here. Mm, snaps to that. Um, May, what about you? Ooh, passion, uh, the other thing. Well, me personally, no, my mom, my mom and my pop, no, mostly my mom, no, they ain't like the direction I was going because I started at like maybe uh, fifth grade, fourth grade, you know, because that's when that's, I wanted to actually build this big, giant company. I said, no, go to school, go go to college, go learn some books. I said, dang. But mom, you know, I got a dream. I want to open up a tech thing. But the main reason why I actually got in was mostly I was curious on, because that's really where I started from, on how, because I started with computers, how can a just a chip turn a computer on? You know, that was my that was really my curiosity. It's like I'm seeing everything on the screen. How can this little chip do that? You know, so... Um, it went into me playing with my house computer, you know, the, the home computer. You know, you know, obviously, first gen, you know, the parents, they work hard to make them. Oh, did he freeze on your end? Yeah, I think he froze. Oh, he lost connection. Oh, the story was so good. <laughs> I'll give him a minute to come back, but. Something that I love that Ahmed is talking about is that he knew tech early, even though he didn't know how to name it, right? Like he was super into the chips, the computers. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I didn't know tech made money like that. When I went to college, like again, first gen, don't know what you don't know. I went to school in San Jose State, middle of Silicon Valley. Had no idea what Silicon Valley was, but I was telling everybody at home like, oh yeah, I go to school in Silicon Valley. And they were like, oh, what is that? I'm like, no idea. And then I started meeting people who were working at Google, working at all these companies. And I was like, oh, wait, that's down the street from my school. And just realizing the opportunities that existed within tech, I had no idea that was even an option, right, for somebody like me. I thought I had to be an engineer, this or that, not someone who loves comms or someone who loves events, right? So I think that there's just something that I learned throughout my career is that there's opportunities that are so vast within tech. Um, and I, you know, came from nonprofit world thinking, I don't want to work in corporate. Um, and now I'm working in corporate and realizing that there are companies and I'm a big preacher of LinkedIn. Um, there's some companies that are really trying to make a difference and really trying to pull people that look like us in the room into the space. And so just shout out to tech companies who are actually making a difference and actually practicing what they preach and to the people who are within the spaces doing that and not gatekeeping. 
Ahmed, I don't know if he's back or coming back, but I want to close this um, conversation with one last question for y'all. And that is, what advice do you have for the members who are here, the 144 people in the session, um, who are maybe thinking about changing their careers, pivoting into tech? What are some some steps that you that you have for them? And I, I'll start with you. Yeah, how much time do I have? Like, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> There's so much. Um, the first thing I want to say is um, definitely do your own independent research, right? That is like your first, um, you know, kind of homework assignment into breaking into tech. I think it's tough because tech is so ambiguous. So a lot of people will lean on others who are in the space to kind of like help them. And my mom always used to say this again, you know, first uh, gen things, but that nobody's coming to save you, right? Um, if you want something, you have to be proactive about it, right? So um, I know a lot of people would lean into boot camps or career coaches or whatever. And I encourage all of those things, you know, whatever, everybody's path is different. But the first step is the hardest step, right? So the zero to one step and nobody's going to come and pull you and say, hey, you're going to be a software engineer, right? Or you're going to be a PM. You have to do that independent research yourself as well, too. So those are the big zero to one step is doing the research and then shifting the mindset as well, too, right? Any kind of change, you have to shift your mindset. So I think shifting the mindset to say, hey, I'm going to study five hours a day or I'm going to do this many leak code practice problems a day, shifting the mindset to getting into somebody who's going to be that whatever role it is, say software engineer. I'm just saying, keep saying software engineer, but there's plenty of roles in tech. I think the next thing that you guys are already doing, so you guys are already ahead of the game, is build community, join communities, be connected with people who are like-minded as well, too, because ultimately these are going to be your people. Now, nobody's coming to save you, but now you have people who are going to push you, right? So now that you're already getting your journey started, you're walking forward, people will help push you along. If you look to your right and your left, I don't have to say, hey, I'm having a lazy day or I'm having a bad day because I just see the person to my right moving, the person to my left moving. By Just, just by being in that vicinity, you're going to continue to move as well, too. So continue to join communities, build communities, stay connected as well, too. And then the last thing I would say is just really, 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 um, ultimately, don't be discouraged. Like, it's about, like it's valleys up and highs and lows. We all are taking L's. We talked about our biggest wins. I could name off 10 times, 20 times as many L's as I've taken in my career as well, too, right? So don't be discouraged by your first loss or your first time that you take an L. This is just the name of the game, right? The biggest Michael Jordan has taken L's. The, the goats have taken L's in any um, different whatever they're in as well, too. So don't be discouraged. Like, just continue to just keep it pushing as well, too. Look to those people who are in your community just to kind of have that resilience as well. Um, and just, you know, just stay at it. Um, you know, and if you guys have any other questions, reach out to me. But those would be my three biggest tips. Okay, mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> um, turning it over to you, Lydia. What, what are your tips? I don't even know if I can top that. Because <laughs> Everything you said is just valid. It's just like I don't even know. <laughs> I don't like everything you said is like on point. I just kept agreeing and nodding my head, like little everything you said. Just just cultivate the you know, be part of these communities, right? Like your social media too. I tell folks all the time, like you know, cultivate your social media for your feed to be of folks who are in these technical spaces that are talking about it, that are sharing resources, that are sharing tips, right? Like cultivate your social media to be like that, you know, add folks in the community spaces on LinkedIn so you can see their posts and their feeds so you can be part of that, right? Uh, sign up to newsletters, sign up to events, you know, sign up to these uh, community events like this one here. Just like 
be about, be intentional, be about the space, be about what you want to be, be around, surround yourself by these people to have that accountability. Like, like, again, like Ayo said, said it all. Uh, you have folks who are going to push you who want to see you win, right? There's no one here is cutting throat. No one's here is gatekeeping. What you need, let me know and I'll, I'll follow through. But you also need to hold your own way at the same time. So, yeah. I think that's a really big gem. Cultivating your space, like everything around you. If you want to get into everything, like if you're driving to work in a job that you're like, I'm not satisfied, put on a tech podcast. Your, you know, your TikTok feed or your Instagram, LinkedIn feed needs to be tech people, right? Um, shoot, what you're watching on TV or on YouTube should have some tech things. Like if you cultivate it so much, it doesn't have to be that far left, right? We all have lives outside of tech too. But if you cultivate it to that point, you will eventually get into it, right? It's just going to push you into it. So I think that's actually a really big gem. So shout out to yeah. you. And I'll, I'll, someone asked in the chat, how do you break into tech without any tech experience? And I'll take that one because I spent, I, I was in nonprofit higher education. I was in small businesses. Like that's, that's the world I lived in. And I remember leaving my job, being an entrepreneur full time. The profit wasn't coming in. So I chose to, to find a career in tech and eight months of job hunting, connecting with people, cultivating those connections, talking to, to people who were in these tech spaces, learning about tech. I mean, I did almost eight months of just research, job hunting, networking, and it was it resulted in like 13 different companies, 30 different interviews, and lots of rejections, <laughs> lots of no's. And I finally got that one that was just the perfect role. So I think, Lydia, you mentioned this earlier, staying intentional about what you want to do, where you want to go, and the impact you want to make has been like my North Star in all of my interviews and all of my internships, my jobs, literally just stay intentional about what you want to do and chase the money, but also chase chase the passion because it's going to motivate you every day to keep going. Ahmed, I see that you're back. Hey. <laughs> um, there you are. I want to ask you one quick question before we before we wrap up this conversation. Um, what piece of advice do you give to everyone who's listening in who are maybe thinking about pivoting their careers or pivoting into tech? Who, me? Yes, you. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, I would say never give up. You know, just what like whichever field that you're actually going in. I know it's, it sounds so bland, but keep at it and eventually something gonna come in your mind on the direction you're gonna take it. Just don't give up on it. That's the best way I could give, like best advice I could give. Yeah. Oh, you're on mute. You're you muted. Me? Yeah, for a minute. Well, I, I was vibing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ahmed. You came through and like put the bow on top of a beautiful conversation. We're going to close it out here because I know we're running out of time. Um, but thank you, everyone in the chat. Connect with Ayo, Ahmed, Lydia, myself. And I hope to see you on these tech spaces soon. No, thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I okay. And for those who are registered for the opening reception happening live here in Philadelphia and Logan Square from 6 until we kick you out. But 6 to 9 p.m. is the scheduled event. I look forward to seeing everybody in person. I'm going to go get dressed and look fly. 
the event is sold out, so we don't have any more tickets for the opening reception. The closing reception is also sold out, so sorry. Um, but the Entrepreneur Expo does have some tickets left if you want to come to the Entrepreneur Expo tomorrow from 4 to 8 p.m. to learn about some of the startups that are based in Philadelphia. Thank you so much. This was a wonderful conversation. There is a lobby networking um, session after this, so once the session closes out, feel free to network with some of the attendees here and hope to continue to share your gems and experiences. Have a good day, everyone. You too. Thank y'all. Thank you. Thank you.